1: Good afternoon, you're listening to the Daily Digest on the bigger picture this Monday afternoon, and hopefully everyone is having a good start to the working week. Uh, I'm Lim su An, and together with me in the studio today is T Xiao Ik, as always. So, for our story today, eight time world squash champion and the first woman to be ranked number one in women's squash, Dato Nicole David has proudly represented Malaysia on the world stage for more than a decade. And even after retiring from professional squash in 2019, she continues to make waves. this year she was voted the World Games greatest athlete of all time. So to mark International Women's Day today we'll be looking back at her journey as a woman and as a professional squash athlete
0: as well as how she's working to empower young girls and boys through squash. Yes and we want to hear from you who is your female role model you know in conjunction with International Women's Day today and why is this person your role model? You can tweet us at BFM Radio where we have that question posted up right now. Uh, You can also so WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. So um, you know, so when today's uh, theme, I mean, uh, sorry, this year's theme for International Women's Day is choose to challenge, and the focus is to celebrate women's achievements, to raise awareness against gender bias, and to take uh, action to advance gender equality.
1: Mm. And just a little background on International Women's Day: it was actually first celebrated back in nineteen zero uh, nine in the United States. So the Socialist Party of America declared the first National Women's Day on February 28th as women across America were fighting for the right to vote uh, uh, as well as shorter working hours and better pay. Then in 1911, other countries came together and decided to observe International Women's Day and this included Denmark, Germany and Switzerland. And back then organisations in those countries were also fighting for women's right to hold public office. But really it wasn't until 1975 that the, UN, uh, the United Nations observed International Women's Day and then uh, only in December 1977, the UN General, General Assembly adopted a resolution proclaiming a, U, uh, a United Nations Day for Women's Rights and International Peace to be observed on any day of the year by member states so in this uh, so, so that it's in accordance with their own historical and national traditions.
0: Yeah, and over the years, there have been different areas of focus by various organisations around the world, including the UN and other private companies. You know, um, the idea is to shed light on women's health issues, to push for gender. The parity in the workplace, including equal salaries and professional mobility, and so on. And um, you know, women around the world have been breaking glass ceilings and doing their part to empower other women. If you just think of some names that come to mind, Melinda Gates, Michelle Obama, and most recently Nigeria's former finance minister Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala. And she's the first African and first African woman to become the director general of the World Trade Organization.
1: That's right. And of course, here at home in Malaysia, we have our own. Um, female icon in sports and that is Datuk Nicole David. I mean, virtually all Malaysians recognize her and in many ways, she's been this constant presence in um, in sports. You know, she's been active in professional squash for over 20 years. She was also the first uh, Asian woman athlete to rank number one in women's squash and she held the title for nine years from 2006 until 2015. And then, of course, Nicole retired from professional squash in 2019 but she continues to make waves as I, as I mentioned earlier and just this year, she was... Uh, she was voted the World Games greatest athlete of all time, mm. and now she's currently working to empower young girls and boys
0: through sport. So we thought we would speak to you know the greatest athlete of all time to mark this year's International Women's Day. Um, hopefully, we can get her to look back at her career, both as a woman, of course, as a professional athlete. So we're now joined uh, on Zoom by none other than the professional squash player, former professional squash player herself, Dr. Nicole David. Um, Nicole, thanks for joining. Joining us today, how are you doing?
2: Hello, good, thank you.
0: So, um, I'm sure you have told this story countless times, but um, do share with us again. We want to hear it from you. What got you into squash in the first place, and you know what inspired you to embark on this career?
2: Uh, well, I started playing squash when I was five years old, and my two older sisters, uh, Leanne and Cheryl, they actually had the first lessons when it was uh, the first public sports center was built by my dad's friend and obviously being my dad being a sports enthusiast himself and athlete himself his, his friend actually uh convinced him to get my his daughters on board uh for lessons so but at the time, I was still too small. Um, being a five-year-old, I couldn't lift the record, and the record was the same height as me. So it was a little tricky mm-hmm. to start, but my sisters played it, and I just tagged along with them. And uh, I was I was very hyped. So obviously, while they were playing squash, I was running around. But the moment they started actually getting into it, I, I was very intrigued by the game and... I just watched them play, and it was so much fun. And I thought I'll ask my dad to get me, get me, uh, get me in that squash court with them. And it was tough. So, so he found a way to get a racket, old wooden racket, made into a smaller mini racket for me. And and then I started playing straight after after that. And and I I loved it from the moment I started hitting that ball and running around and and that feeling of knowing that I love. You're enjoying something that you love doing, and it was the first sport I played. Um, and I saw myself getting better. I was improving. I was um, seeing that I was stronger as a little kid, and and I started traveling around Malaysia and overseas to compete. And so, with that said, I I just enjoyed the whole experience, and I wanted to do more, and I wanted to see where I go. And and before you know it, results came, and I played. Uh, more tournaments, and I started winning, and that spurred me on to see how how much further I can go with this, the, the potential I had. So, did you
1: ever consider other racket sports back then? You know, or were you hooked on squash from the very start?
2: Well, I was solely with squash for the initial the first first part, and bef- and then afterwards, when I was in school, I played um, different sports, not racket sports, but I played like volleyball, basketball. Uh, I was in athletics and swimming, um, but I wasn't fully exposed to tennis or badminton. So I didn't have like a little benchmark. Obviously we played badminton in school and, you know, over, over the the fence. And (laughs) so that, that kind of badminton was so much fun. But what squash gave me when, when I was such a, at such a young age is that exposure to meeting new more people, um, making friends. I was travelling when I was 11 years old overseas. So that that little extra uh, gave me the urge to pursue further in my squash.
1: So what was it like entering the industry as a woman who professionally played squash? I mean, looking back, was it a game dominated by men?
2: Uh, I started playing um, the, the pro tour when I was, 17 straight after high school spm when I was 17 uh, and it, it is a little different because at the time we were two separate uh, associations so the women's squash association and the men's professional squash association and and obviously when we had tournaments some were uh, were just women only some were and men only and then there were, there were the bigger events like the British Open or the. US Open that is combined. So when it was a combined tournament, you can see a little bit of a difference in terms of prize money and also the the participation or maybe um, the overall participation, whether it's like the tour in the men's tour was bigger and the women's tour was a little smaller. But but no doubt the competition was very high and it was very strong and it it's had its um, history of squash Uh, not just the men, but it was both the men and women had very strong history. So going into the tour, it was a lot of fun. And I, I mean, for me, it was just a huge experience to play with the top players and getting the feel of what professional squash is all about. I only played juniors and maybe some senior level in the Asian level, but not fully in that, in that gauge. So it was such a great uh, feel to be amongst those top players. And, and, uh, and I think the difference was just the, that the, yeah, the prize money was, a little, was different. And, and we still, and because we are two separate bodies, sometimes the attention on the men were more and the women had to just come in a little after maybe in the semifinals or the finals to get more media, more, attention on the on the crowd the the show court and and so we had to work our way up and now it's getting so much better in in terms of being under one body both associations um working as one to grow the sport and now we're getting more equal price money and more recognition on the on the forefront so the PSA now the professional squash association is now one body and they've joined since 2015 officially so that since then a lot of things have been done to grow the sport together and they've we've also recognized that the only way to really make the sport bigger is to work together as a as one body so it has shown a lot of progress and now, at least we're getting the attention equally. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, this year's theme for International Women's Day is Choose to Challenge, which uh, means calling out gender bias and inequality. And you've told us that squash has improved in terms of making the playing field more even for women and men. But have you personally experienced gender bias as an athlete?
2: For me, I was very, um, well, I'm still very fortunate and uh, was fortunate to ha- be brought up in Malaysia and to achieve what I've achieved as a Malaysian and as a female athlete that has uh, achieved achieved all that uh, I did in my squash career, I was given a, the same respect by all of our Malaysian public and the, the government and everybody was cheering for me in every aspect. And I think it was nice to know that it doesn't didn't matter whether I was a female athlete or male athlete. It was just that I was a world champion for the country. I was bringing a name for Malaysia and carrying that flag. And I think that pride from by the, the nation made, made a difference in my, my career. And I didn't feel that I was put aside because I was a, a female athlete. So so that was that was very encouraging, and I I felt that and I feel very proud of being a Malaysian to have that support true and true from from the whole nation.
1: Hmm. Alright, so let's go for a quick break now. Uh, we are speaking with former professional squash player that's Nicole David to mark International Women's Day and that is uh, celebrated annually today on the 8th of March. So when we come back, we'll be continuing a conversation with her and ask her you know, how she feels about being named the World Games' greatest athlete of all time. Stay tuned to The Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture with me, Lim su Ann and Tishao Ik. So we are marking International Women's Day today with former professional squash player at Nicole David. And before the break, you know, we were speaking with her and we touched on this year's theme for International Women's Day, uh, choose the challenge which entails calling out gender bias and inequality. And then we asked uh, Nicole about how um, how professional squash has improved over the years to create a more level playing field for
0: both men and women. And, you know, uh, thank you very much for staying on Line with us yes uh and uh, so nicole just to continue our conversation you've proudly represented malaysia on the global stage for a long time now over 20 years you've also broken many glass ceilings especially for asian women you were the first asian woman to be ranked number one in women's squash so have you ever felt a sense of you know pressure to to set an example for other aspiring athletes or to serve as a sort of role model
2: in the beginning, being a young athlete and actually starting getting the the media attention and the public attention was very new to me, and I I had a lot of different kind of pressures that I had to face. And um and in the in the beginning, be being world number one for the very first time was um, definitely a challenge and uh obviously it was great like I got got to my dream I won my first world title at 22 and being world number one then uh but at the same time it was also a little daunting at first to think okay if I am in this position who am I supposed to be do I do I need to be uh something better do I need to change in certain aspects do I need to portray something more to be respected or to to be a role model for others to follow suit. So th- those things and expectations played in my mind and I, I, I was tough at the beginning uh, and I had obviously a lot of support from my family, friends and I had a sports psychologist that also helped me through even though in the beginning I was losing tournaments, I was not feeling my footing of what it takes to be a world number one. Or world champion, so I I was I was lost, and and in the first half of that year, I finally came to terms with the fact that you know I got there because I was true to myself, and I was the person that I am today that made me the champion I was at the time. So why change that? Why be some other persona that people are now already cheering me on and supporting me and seeing that? I'm doing something big. So there's no reason to change. What I needed to do is just continue my path and continue my, to stay true to who I am and to just go according to what I truly believe. And that made the, the turn of, if I focus on myself, everything else will come, uh, will follow suit. So, so then I started working on improving my, my squash. I tried to work harder to get better and, and I didn't think of the rest. I, I knew that it will all come. And, and I, I hope that in that process, I could continue to inspire and other people along the way.
1: Nicole, every uh, athlete has had uh, their share of highs and lows over the course of their career. I mean, what have been yours?
2: Uh, my highest point, probably my first real highest point would be winning my first world title uh, is when I was when I was twenty two, At the time you are always building up or dreaming to to achieve that, to hold that trophy in your hands. And when it finally happens, it's just like a surreal moment. Uh, it's like a dream that all happened all of, all of the blue and it just suddenly hits you in the face. So I I was I think that is a really high moment for me. And and the low moments for me is like those points where you're at the top, uh, and you're playing at your best, and and then and then this hits you. So I think that low moment is straight after winning that world title, and then hits you that you know what do I do next, and what is my goal, what's my next step? I've, I've already achieved everything, and from from in my mind I achieved everything. So now now what? So it was quite a low point straight after that, um, having to deal with understanding what I needed to do. What what is the real true steps to take um, afterwards and but those came out gave me that learning to to become better so I think those two highs and low points in in the short moment of time mm, changed my perception of the next phase of my my uh, aim to be a better squash player
0: Hmm. And, you know, is there someone or perhaps a particular set of people in your life who have always had your back, you know, those you could lean on to get you through the tough times and cheer you on through your victories?
2: It was my parents, of course, both of them. um, They were the key support system for me growing up to my sisters and myself. We were all playing squash as a team for Penang and also Malaysia and they were always right by our side make, make, making sure that we got up to our squash training and and even when I had to leave to Amsterdam and I was 18 to train with my coach Liz Irving they were the ones that uh, gave me their blessings to go and pursue it and if it wasn't for them I would feel like okay I I wouldn't be able to do that Step because they they supported me in my decision so so I think that, and then every moment whether it was a win or a loss they were right right there um also with my also so they were like the first big um push and uh, support uh, like the backbone for me but at the same time I also had my team my coach Liz Irving she she was she's she worked with me for sixteen years so she's seen me at my highs and my lows and also being a true mentor a true friend and a true leader to know what it takes to to lead the path to lead the way for for me and and I really um could consult console uh with her whenever I'm I need I need that extra uh, push or uh when I'm not feeling at my best she knew exactly how to motivate me to stay on track on track and so i um you know these people are very key in my my squash career and i always i always put them very high in my in my books <laughs> so currently the
1: psa or the professional squash, squash association has separate rankings for men and women and as to most sports if not all how do you feel about that you know do you think that the uh, psa should do away with separate rankings and just have one system for both men and women
2: I I feel that we we probably have to keep the the rankings as it is um, with the men and the women's rankings um, because like uh, I will put it into context the men's game and the women's game is like it's like boxing in different different weight category the men's are the heavyweights the the women's are the lightweights but they are equally as tough they equally can knock you out but you you don't put a lightweight with the heavyweights you know it's not it's not not what you what you can rank them in that sense so i believe that that's how we have to also see the women's tour and the men's tour in separate rankings because they are equally just as amazing in their in their weight category so.
0: And uh, recently, of course, you've been named for the the world Game's greatest athletes of all time. and uh, congratulations on this very big achievement. I'm sure all Malaysians were so happy to hear that. Now what sort of significance does that title hold for you?
2: Well, thanks for that. I, I it was it was truly special to actually firstly be nominated by the world Games to uh, to be recognized as the greatest athlete of all time. But the next thing was to actually get the support from Malaysia. Everyone was coming in voting for me for the whole duration of the the voting system and also all the squash um, community all around the world were also supporting me. Uh, And it was just so overwhelming to see the amount of support that I got and to get me to that finishing line to be named the greatest athlete of all time. So... Um, I truly thank everybody for seeing what I've achieved has deserved this this award and I I will it's definitely special to actually see that all my achievements and what I've done still resonates with everybody so now you're in the process of establishing
1: the Nicole David organization to empower young girls and boys through squash I mean tell us how how has it been going so far
2: yeah, it's actually um my foundation is gonna I I'm in the midst of registering. That's why I'm back in Malaysia to do the final stages of registering it. So so it's still in the midst of um formulating it together. Uh, but the the real basis of it. I mean, it's called the Nicole David Organization. It's gonna be focused to empower boys and girls through the values of sport, and it's actually gonna be a combined girls and boys uh, program. So it's going to be both the boys and girls working together, playing, training together, playing squash together, and also just building as a unit. Like I said before, like you can't can't just do equality without having the boys in the picture. So we need to um, educate both boys and girls to learn how to respect one another and in future they will be more inclusive in their own life. So that's the and the values that, squ- that sport or squash has given me. I want to also pass that on to this next generation. And the the ki- the children will be ages eight to nine years old. And they will also learn about healthy habits and uh, learning how to exercise, keep active, make sure they are they, uh, in the right frame of mind. And, and at the same time, we also have an English uh, subject to. To add on to the to help them with their proficiency of English, Uh, and we hope to encourage uh, a community, a a group of children that can grow it as a holistic in a holistic way.
0: Mm. Is there a particular reason uh, the organization will select kids aged eight to nine?
2: Uh, I I feel that you know when we start to develop um, these skills or. Uh, learn about values it comes from around the eight nine years, years old i mean from research and from some um, advice from the from outside we we have recognized that that is the best time to reach to them and and maybe they can build those character traits or or value building from the from the start and and then it it, it will translate in different forms when they as, every year as they go on Mm.
0: and um, are there any other initiatives that you're already working on or planning to work on
2: well currently um since i retired i've been uh, doing a lot of motivational talks and panel speaking engagements so just to tell my story and to also try to uh, encourage others to to do what they do best and be inspired in some ways that if i can do what I did you know I hope I can help others to to encourage them to go go for their dreams as well uh and it's been very insightful for me to know that people are engaged people want to know more and they can ask questions about how they can improve themselves in 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 that light so it's been very it's been a great experience and I want to do more of that uh, also, I want to continue to advocate for women and for the for youth to teach them about healthy living and keeping active. And I, I have some projects in the mix. So, we'll, yeah, do stay tuned for more things to come.
1: So, you've retired from uh, from professional squash back in 2019. I mean, do you miss playing on the court?
2: Uh to be honest, not really. <laughs> I really am the happiest uh, finishing my career on a great high, and um, mm-hmm. that I finally was able to um, say goodbye to my squash. But at the same time, use all my experience and what squash has given me to my next phase of my career, and and what I want to do to give back. So yeah, no, not very. I'm not missing the squash pool <laughs> of playing and being feeling all tired and. Uh, ready to train again. I'm quite happy to to just wake up and not think I have to put my body through that pain again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you've made your peace with playing squash, then?
2: Yes, yes, I did. I did, and I'm very happy now.
0: And uh, would you have a final message for us, Nicole? Especially for women and girls out there who are either thinking of picking up sports as a career or are already doing so.
2: For all aspiring girls, all boys, for those who want to pick up a sport or want to be an aspiring athlete, I, it's all about giving yourself a chance to try. And if you have that talent, if you have that passion, and if it's really from the root of your your core and you want to pursue it, then go for it. Um give it a chance. You don't know what is gonna happen if you don't try it out and See where you go. So, but most importantly, uh, put that effort and the and be hardworking in whatever you do. Not if not just sport, but anything you do. For those athletes out there that are going through this tough time with training through the COVID situation, I just want to uh, send my my thoughts to all of you that you, and positive vibes because I know it's not easy being an athlete working towards your goals and competitions to train towards. But we are all powerful when we, we decide to take up uh, being a, an athlete. And uh, we always know how to break those barriers down. So the COVID is nothing to stop us from pursuing further. And so keep up the great work. Uh, I know I, can, I, I trust and believe that everything will will pass in time, but just keep doing your best
1: all right Nicole thank you so much for speaking with us today and stay safe that was former professional squash player at Nicole David marking international women today with us and we were sort of um, talking her talking to her to look back at her squash career as well as her plans to empower young girls and boys through the Nicole David organization and you know plans to raise awareness on leading an active lifestyle especially among women
0: mm, what a career she's had right mm. and uh, it's it's uh, easy to sometimes forget she's still a young woman that's at right heart with uh, you know so, so much great Potential ahead as well, uh, and it does seem since we're talking about equal gender equality, Nicole has also seen a lot of improvements in squash for women. Like she said, you know, equal prize money, um, more media coverage for both women's and men's tournaments, and uh, it's also very important that as she develops the Nicole David Organisation, that she's looking to help lift both girls and boys through sports. And uh, you know, she talked about that holistic approach to support both genders, and uh, she talked about values, right? Uh, inculcating values to create a healthy environment in professional sports. So all really um, great ways to pave the way for the next generation and and to show, I mean to play that role I I know she shared a little bit about how she she wasn't looking to change who she was Mm -hmm. just for the sake of it but just being the best that she could be but I think she has um, without perhaps you know whether or not she's realised that she has become that role model and still continues to be uh, it looks like
1: mm, and it's it's really empowering to see that right because she's also you know brought so much joy to everyone mm. you know everyone and everyone in Malaysia loves watching her play and rally every, around yeah, her yeah and everyone yeah. roots for her and you know it, it's, it's nice to see people continuing to root for her as she embarks on a different journey not in um not specifically in professional squash, mm. but sort of empowering others through squash as well.
0: Absolutely. Um, so we'd like to hear from you, you know, um, for International Women's Day, if you'd like to share with us who is your female role model and why, you can tweet us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us at 18
1: Yes, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for The Daily Digest today. You can look us up on, BF, uh, on Facebook, sorry, at BFM The Bigger Picture and drop us a, a message there. But if you've missed any part of this show, you can download the podcast on bfm.my slash Daily Digest or on the BFM app as well as anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Now coming up at 3pm after the News Bulletin on Earth Matters Juliet Jacobs will be talking about Bukit Briskatuan or Federal Hill which is actually one of the last sizable forest areas in the Kuala Lumpur city centre and she will be speaking to her guests from the Malaysian Nature Society on why Federal Hill must be gazetted and made into a world-class conservation showcase recreational zone and heritage site so that's a conversation you don't want to miss. You've been tuned to The Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.